booster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. And here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. No let up as the governor of Texas continues to send busloads of migrants to Democratic cities, including the Big Apple. Local politicians are lining up to try and roadblock congestion pricing. Former President Trump and supporters pushing for the release of the full unredacted affidavit related to the Mar-a-Lago raid. New study finds proof of long-lasting effects of COVID-19. Most of corporate America thinks the U.S. is either already in a recession or about to be. Texas Governor Greg Abbott Friday said he will keep sending illegal migrants to the liberal cities of New York and Washington, D.C. Abbott's promise continues his feud with Democratic mayors of those cities. The Texas governor says his southern border towns are simply overrun with migrants due to the Biden administration's open border policies. The Big Apple is a sanctuary city and required to find housing for these people. Abbott was on Fox News earlier this month. Public officials across the country, they do need to realize the magnitude of the chaos created by Biden's open border policies. They're up in arms about a few thousand people coming into their communities over the past few months. Listen, in any one sector in the state of Texas, we have more than 5,000 people come across that sector every single day. Mayors from D.C. and New York City have appealed for federal help, calling for the deployment of the National Guard, a request which has so far been denied by the Pentagon. New York City Mayor Eric Adams, meanwhile, has repeatedly threatened to send New Yorkers to campaign against Abbott in Texas in retaliation. Local politicians from opposite sides of the aisle are uniting against the MTA's recent congestion pricing plan. Drivers face an extra $23 to enter Manhattan below 60th Street come likely next year. New Jersey Congressman Josh Gottheimer and Representative Nicole Maliotakis, who represents Staten Island and parts of Brooklyn, are teaming up to push back against the additional tolls. They both spoke on PIX11. Here's Maliotakis. Right now, people are very uncomfortable riding our subway system. Now, if we want to improve ridership, we should get our subway system back on track and make it safe, not hammer people over the head to pay an additional toll to fill the MTA black mm-hmm. holes. That's not the answer. Drivers could be charged anywhere from 9 bucks to $23 for travel during peak hours and from 7 to $17 for off-peak hours. Monies would benefit the cash-strapped MTA. In all virtual public hearings are planned August 28th to the 31st. Congestion pricing expected to be in place late next year. Former President Trump pushing for the full unredacted release of the affidavit that led to the search warrant for his Mar-a-Lago estate. Federal Magistrate Judge Bruce Reinhardt, an Obama appointee, ordered Justice Department officials to suggest redactions to the document by next Thursday. Trump and his supporters for years believe the FBI and Justice Department are biased against the former president, arguing that the Bureau improperly surveilled his 2016 presidential campaign. Texas Congressman Dan Crenshaw was on CNN. I still haven't seen any evidence that he was even at, that Trump was even asked to give these documents back. He's been cooperating with them on these issues for a while now, for months. And so why take it to this extreme extent? 
And I think that's why you're seeing so much backlash from Republicans. You're seeing a co- you're seeing everyone coalesce. It doesn't matter what side of the issue they're they're mm-hmm. on with Trump. Trump separately posted on Truth Social his social media platform, calling for the immediate release of the unredacted affidavit, citing the need for transparency. A study published Wednesday shows a history of COVID-19 infection associated with an increased risk of neurological after effects. This two-year study of more than 1.2 million patients' records, mostly in the U.S. and seven other countries, published in the Lancet Psychiatry Journal. Researchers evaluated the patient records for 14 separate neurological and psychiatric diagnoses. Dr. Anthony Fauci, back in September 2020, referred to people with these symptoms as long haulers. They have fatigue, myalgia, fever, and involvement of the neurological system, as well as cognitive abnormalities, such as the inability to concentrate. A new study by Stiefel Financial finds that 19% of corporate executives, business owners, and private equity investors believe the economy has already contracted and is in a recession. Now, that compares to about 79% who expect a downturn within 18 months. A small fraction of executives, about 3%, think a recession will be avoided altogether. 77 WABC owner and operator John Katzmatidis spoke to Fox Business back in July. The way to solve the problem is reduce the oil prices. And if North America has 100 years' worth of oil, if we reduce the oil prices and the oil prices come down, the food prices come down, inflation goes away. If we just raise interest rates, and guess what? We'll destroy the rest of the economy that's still healthy. The study found the biggest threat to profitability is record high inflation and a continuing labor shortage. Looking at your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center, we have a 90% chance of showers and thunderstorms today with temperatures falling to 72. About a half to three quarters of an inch of rainfall is expected. Right now, 74 degrees rain on and off in some areas. The overnight low 70 and tomorrow, partly sunny skies. I had a 60% chance of a shower or thunderstorm. Former President Trump considering filing a motion for a special master to review the evidence that the FBI seized during its raid at his Mar-a-Lago property. Trump's lead counsel, James Trusty, told 77 WABC host Mark Levin Friday that the former president's legal team will very soon file a motion related to the Fourth Amendment to the Constitution. It protects people from unreasonable searches and seizures. The litigation before Judge Reinhardt is all about First Amendment, frankly, uh, media versus DOJ. But we're going to weigh in very strong and very hard on behalf of the president who never should have been subjected to the search warrant. And we're going to be attacking that search warrant. Trustee said appointing a special master, which is an official selected by a judge to carry out a judicial matter on the court's behalf, is rare in relation to search warrants being executed. However, trustee said there needs to be somebody in the middle because the Justice Department should not be able to be the guardians of what's privileged or not. Former Vice President Mike Pence in Iowa told the Associated Press Friday that he did not take any classified information or materials with him after he left office in January 2021. The comment comes as FBI officials reportedly found classified and top-secret information among boxes of documents during that raid at former President Donald Trump's private Florida estate Mar-a-Lago. Trump says documents were declassified and has alleged the FBI planted materials. Pence is not rushing to judgment, however. Last week and again this week, I called on Attorney General Merrick Garland 
as Senator Grassley has done, to bring forward the information to the American people to explain why this was necessary. This unprecedented action by the Attorney General and the FBI merits un unprecedented transparency. The former VP may run for the GOP nod for president in 2024. The January 6th committee members have also sought Pence's testimony before they wrap up their investigative report. That's expected by next month. Well, dismal approval ratings for President Joe Biden in a new NBC News poll. 55 percent of respondents said they disapprove of the job Biden's doing heading into midterm elections. 74% of respondents indicated the country is headed on the wrong track. 74% said the U.S. is headed in the wrong direction. 58% believe the country's best days are in the rearview mirror. And 61% they are so steamed they would be willing to march and protest for a day with a sign. As what the sign should say, Democratic voters chose women's rights, abortion rights, and prosecute Trump. While Republicans said they would tote impeach Biden, protect our freedom, and protect Second Amendment banners. White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre spoke about the president's approval rating last month. There's going to be many polls. They're going to go up or they're going to go down. Uh, this is not the thing that we are solely focused on. Uh, we are focused on things like today, signing this bipartisan gun reform legislation, which will, again, save lives. Do we have more work to do? Absolutely. With less than three months to go before the November elections and with Democratic control of Congress hanging in the balance, Biden's job approval rating hasn't budged in months. Georgia Republican Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene on Friday introduced a bill to classify providing certain treatments to transgender minors as a felony. The bill would make it a felony to provide puberty blockers or hormone treatments to minors and also prohibit federal funds from going towards such treatments, according to The Hill. And she spoke about it on Fox News. The whole reason why I ran for Congress in the first place is because I'm one of the Americans that are sick and tired of our government allowing the abuse of the American people. But when it comes to gender-affirming care, which is really child abuse, this is actually an assault and it's child abuse. Green's Protect Children's Innocence Act would make a range of treatments a Class C felony, which would come with a 10 to 25-year prison sentence and a maximum fine of $250,000, according to The Hill, the bill comes amid efforts by LGP2 activists to pressure the Biden administration into expanding Title IX protections to include transgender individuals. Well, starting today, the U.S. is making additional supplies of the monkeypox vaccine available for use. Here's 77 WABC's Bob Brown. Approximately 360,000 vials or up to 1.8 million more doses of the monkeypox vaccine is being made available to states and jurisdictions. Federal health officials say this rounds out the distribution of the nearly 800,000 vials received in late July. In addition, the White House is fast-tracking the delivery of another 150,000 doses of vaccine which was initially supposed to come in October, but now will be arriving in September, which represents up to 750,000 doses under the new FDA emergency use authorization. I'm Bob Brown for the 77 WABC Early News. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky warning that Russia may ramp up its aggression this week. His warning follows a car blast that killed the daughter of a top Putin ally, Near Moscow Saturday night, that bomb blast killed Daria Dugina, the daughter of pro-Putin political philosopher Alexander Dugin, as she left a concert. 
Alexander Dugan switched cars at the last minute. It's believed the blast was actually intended for him. It's under investigation. Zelensky addressed concerns that Russia may destroy the Ukrainian nuclear plant Zapazora, which it first seized in the opening weeks of the invasion back on February 24th. 77 WABC time check coming up on 515. Let's head over to Justin Ellick with a look at sports. All right, let's do it, Deb. I am Justin Ellick here with the early news sports update on this Monday morning. 2 and 0 on a Sunday in the way of local ball clubs. As both the Mets and Yankees secured wins yesterday before they meet in the Bronx tonight for the second and final leg of this regular season Subway Series. Let's start with the Mets, who wrapped up a series victory over the Phillies in Philadelphia with a 10-9 victory in the finale yesterday. Despite the high-scoring bout, it was minor league journeyman and 26-year-old rookie Nate Fisher who shined for the Mets out of the bullpen in his MLB debut, shoving three scoreless innings after the Phillies dropped seven over the first four frames on Mets starter Jose Budo. New York's offense, specifically Mark Cano, would take advantage of the good work on the bump, tying it up with a three-run shot in the seventh before following that up with this clutch two-run bomb in the ninth to finally give the Mets a lead. 2-2. Fly ball, left field. Back goes Maton looking up at the wall, and it's out of here! Mark Cano gives the Mets the lead with his second home run of the day! Unbelievable! Cano ties it in the seventh, gives the Mets the lead in the ninth. It's 9-8 to eight New York. That call courtesy of SNY 10-9 is your final score from Philadelphia. As with the Braves' loss, the Mets' lead in the NLEs grows to four games before their meeting with the Bombers in the Bronx. Speaking of those Bombers, they salvaged the finale in a four-game set against the Blue Jays, mercifully ending another depressing weekend in the Bronx with a rare 4-2 win. Andrew Benatendi launched a tie-breaking two-run homer in the seventh, and Nestor Cortez was his usual self, allowing just one run on three hits over six innings. Shades of the, at this point, long-lost first-half identity of the New York Yankees as they back up a great pitching performance with a big blast late to propel them to victory. They'll do their best to take a small amount of momentum into the buzzsaw that is the New York Mets as game one of the second half of this season's Subway Series is set for tonight at Yankee Stadium. At 7.05 p.m., Max Scherzer is set to battle the Yanks. Domingo Herman. In the way of football, your New York football giants are 2-0 this preseason, securing a 25-22 win over the Cincinnati Bengals yesterday at home. And as for the Jets, their home dog tonight at MetLife against the Atlanta Falcons as they'll be getting two and a half points in the matchup set for 8 p.m. tonight. For more sports content, follow 77 WABC Sports on Instagram and Twitter. Here with the early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Ran on its way to the city of forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. 90% chance of showers and thunderstorms today are high. Actually, 72 today, so temperatures are going to fall. 50% chance of rain overnight, mostly cloudy, the low 70. Partly sunny tomorrow, the high 81, but a 60% chance of a pop-up shower or thunderstorm. Right now, we've got 74 degrees. No rain yet here in the city, but rain on and off in other areas, as you just heard Joe say, really pouring out in Jersey right now. Let's head over to Lou Dobbs with your financial report. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. I'm Lou Dobbs. Wall Street summer rally stifled. Key economic data coming this week. Zoom loses its pandemic appeal. Investors looking for key earnings and economic reports to revive the Wall Street rally. Stocks stall Friday on mixed earnings reports and murky outlooks from retailers, resulting in a losing week for the market. Manufacturing and services PMI updates. New home 
home sales data and consumer confidence updates should help bring stocks higher this week. HBO Max removing dozens of original movies and TV shows. It's an effort to cut cost and declutter the service. The bulk of the programs being cut, reality TV and kids shows. Warner Brothers Discovery has decided they don't resonate with big audiences. The company's prepping for the combined HBO Max Discovery Plus streaming service next year. Zoom Video will report third quarter results after the closing bell. Wall Street targeting a 33% decline in earnings for the pandemic darling. Shares of Zoom have fallen more than 40% this year, despite consistently beating quarterly targets. Please join me three times each weekday right here on this station. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Checking futures, the Dow down 297 points at 33,409. S&P's dropped 48 and a half. The Nasdaq down 201 and a half points and gold down $17 an ounce. As for crude oil, down $1.56 a barrel at $89.21. It's the WABC Early News. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. Well, Representative Jerry Nadler's support of an ex-city politician, Comptroller Scott Stringer, may not bode well for him in tomorrow's primaries in the hotly contested redrawn 12th Congressional District against arch-rival Representative Carolyn Maloney. Nadler stood by Stringer. He refused to withdraw his endorsement of Stringer. And today, Stringer remains close. Nadler confidant and campaign surrogate. The two liberal titans were pitted against each other after the Upper West Side and the Upper East Side districts were combined under redistricting. Maloney referenced to a New York Post editorial where it called Nadler senile. I think that you should uh, read the editorial in the New York Post today. They call him senile. They cite his uh, performance at the debate where he couldn't even remember who he was, who he impeached. He said he impeached Chuck Bush. Maloney recently accused Nadler of sexism because of his decision to barge into the newly formed district, despite its territory being mostly hers. Stringer, a one-time frontrunner to replace former Mayor de Blasio, saw his political aspirations evaporate after the accusations emerged. A man killed on his way to work. Two others hurt in Sunset Park, Brooklyn, in a stabbing over a scooter. Killed was 31-year-old Yenner Rodas Perez, a Guatemalan immigrant. He was on his way to work at a local synagogue early Saturday. This attack at the corner of 34th Street and 7th Avenue in Sunset Park. Ginger Rodas Perez, his brother, spoke to ABC7. My brother is 31 years, know how kids, know how tattoos. He's, no, he's only working, working in the morning, but bring money for the, my father, for the, my mom. Two other men were stabbed after being robbed. The crime scene stretched for an entire block. The other two victims are family members as well. They survived. The family says they plan to have a funeral and bury the 31-year-old in Guatemala. They estimate the costs will be upwards of $10,000, and so far no arrests and investigation is ongoing. Two people were hurt in an unprovoked attack in Central Park. Police say a 34-year-old man simply sitting on a bench not far from the Woolman Rink when he was suddenly hit in his face. This happened about 10 a.m. Saturday morning. As the attacker ran off, he pushed an 83-year-old woman, causing her to fall and hit her head. New York City resident Lance Spiro spoke to ABC7. Unfortunately, I mean, on the one hand, uh, of course I'm surprised by it as anybody would be, and yet more and more it's becoming far less surprising. It just seems like every day has another story of this sort. 
According to the latest NYPD crime stats, crime in Central Park is on the rise with a total of 41 incidents so far this year compared to 33 last year. That represents more than a 24 percent increase. The number of robberies during that time have remained the same, nine this year versus nine last year. There have been 10 felony assaults this year compared to four a year ago. That's a 150 percent increase. Grand larcenies also spiked at 18 this year compared to 15 last year, a 20 percent increase. A group pushed two teens down a flight of stairs and slashed them during a brutal attack inside of 306 East 171st Street. This happened about 5.30 a.m. on Saturday. Five suspects in all approached the 16-year-old boys and shoved them down the stairs and proceeded to punch and kick them repeatedly. Police say robbers ended up fleeing with cash and cell phones. The victims taken to the hospital in stable condition. An investigation continues into this and an unprovoked attack in Brooklyn's transit system. The NYPD says that a 64-year-old man in Tazar Dar walking on the D platform at the Avenue H station was attacked by a man with a rock shortly before 1 a.m. Saturday. The victim lost consciousness. The attacker fled the train station on foot. EMS took the victim to Maimonides Medical Center in stable condition with trauma to his head. The man, Dar, is back home recovering. And anybody with information about the attack asked to contact NYPD's Crime Stoppers hotline. Here's the number, 1-800-577-TIPS. All calls, they say, are strictly confidential. Well, catalytic converter theft skyrocketing in the five boroughs citywide. The crime has accelerated by 269% this year alone. Out on Staten Island, even more by 670%, according to NYPD data. Across the five boroughs, there have been 5,548 catalytic converters ripped off through August 14th, compared to the same time period last year when 1,505 were reported stolen, according to these statistics from the NYPD. Crooks can get up to 300 bucks for a standard catalytic converter and up to 1,400 for the part from hybrid vehicles. The NYPD investigating as hate crimes two attacks against Orthodox Jews in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Former New York State Assemblyman Dove Hykend has spoken out repeatedly about the rash of anti-Semitic attacks plaguing New York City. The statistics speak loud and clear. Attacking Jews. Jews have to be afraid in New York. Teens chased a Jewish man in the area of Lee Avenue during the chase. The victim's fur hat worn by some Ashkenazi Jewish men fell to the ground and was stolen. In the second incident, which was on Roebling Street, a suspect ran up behind a 66-year-old Jewish man on his way to shul early Sunday and twice sprayed him with a chemical fire extinguisher before punching the man in the face. The NYPD investigating both attacks as hate crimes. Looking at your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center, 90% chance of showers and thunderstorms today. Temperatures falling to 72. About a half to three quarters of an inch of rain is possible. There's a 50% chance of rain overnight. Mostly cloudy skies, the low 70. And tomorrow, partly sunny day, the high up to 81. But there's still a 60% chance of a pop-up shower or thunderstorm tomorrow. Rain on and off, as you heard Joe say, in some areas out in Jersey right now, 74 degrees in New York, awaiting the rain. All viewers apparently choosing streaming services over cable. 77 WABC's Jacqueline Carl has the story. 
The Nielsen Rating Company says streaming viewership in the U.S. has surpassed cable TV for the first time ever. Nielsen data from July shows about 34.8% of viewing time was for shows on the Internet, while 34.4% was for cable TV. Netflix had the most streamers thanks in large part to the hit show Stranger Things. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Jacqueline Carl. And our interview coming up at 550 with Andrew Riggi. He's the executive director of the New York City Hospitality Alliance. And we talked to him about the state of the restaurant industry as New York City begins tearing down those outdoor dining structures so popular at the height of COVID. So Andrew Riggi. Coming up at 5.50 here on the 77 WABC Early News. And if you miss the top five at five and other news, be sure to check it out on our website, wabcradio.com. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly two million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.